Oh, what's up, guys? Welcome to Contrast Comedy. I'm one of your hosts, Teddy B. And I'm Jerry Corley, a.k.a. The Joke Doctor. Yeah, and I'm working on getting my license, so till then, I am the joke physician's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. There we go. What's, what do you listen to? Oh, I have, um, in Zoom, you can actually play music. So I was just uh, jamming out to some vibes. Oh, yeah. Pretty music cool. on Zoom. Yeah, you can do it like through the apps. Oh man, that's pretty badass. I didn't know that. Yeah, now you know. No one's after that. I know, right? It's like you now uh, we can play music on Zoom. Yeah, I was even like, because before you've been all like, yeah, that kind of reminds me of like radio DJ and all that stuff. So I've been doing like little plugs in the back, and I can start trying to edit them and put them up there. Where I was just like, because this is like basically like free music, right? So I'm like, yeah, here's uh, Wilder. You're listening to Teddy B. Cool Vibes on the Zoom. You know, something like that. So nice. Yeah. yeah. Like the old George Carlin. Right? Final in Western Walla Walla. <laughs> wow. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I had my uh, showcase on Thursday. It went really well. Uh, or what? Oh, this is the one where I was, uh, remember I told you I just, I reached out to one of the, one of the comics that usually host this uh, showcase on Thursday nights, and then they have an open mic afterwards. And then I reached out asking him if, uh, like, what would it take, you know, for, in order for me to be on? He's all, dude, all you had to do was just ask. So then he put me on for the show that was this past Thursday. I was like, suck it up. And the first comic, he was all right, but it really wasn't popping the crowd going. I got the crowd going because like you say, if you go in with the whatever you're feeling, the crowd will feel as well. So, you know me, I have that jewel and that ju- juvial, you know, jovial, jovial. Thank you. That jovial <laughs> juvenile. I got that juvenile energy, but um, no, I got but- that juvenile energy. <laughs> and right, I'm going to send you a request to allow me to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my bad, dude. My bad, my bad, my bad. There we go. And then you can also share too. But yeah, he's uh he's like, yeah, dude. I got the crowd laughing. They were enjoying my set. Um, he liked my energy. He says he's gonna start putting me on the daily rotation. So like every six weeks, I'll be able to get on that one. Um, I got another show next Saturday. And then um, I'm just reaching out to more people, asking like getting on shows and stuff. So 2024 is gonna be a very uh showcasey year for teddy b <laughs> all right so what are the goals you have set for 2024 uh the goals that i have set for 2024 is um, or have you really officially set them yet i haven't really officially set them yet i've been thinking about them they've been they've been um slow cooking in the in the cooker of my head one of the main ones i definitely want to do is find a a brewery or a bar or someplace where I can like host and like produce my own like comedy show. That way I can bring people in and I can really get the, the, get that part of that part of everything down. Um, another goal of mine is to start submitting for late night comedy. Cause I definitely want to do the writing for that. Uh, I've been practicing a lot with the headlines and I'm actually, the headlines is fun, man. It's fun. I've been doing a lot with my, with the, with my Instagram and my mainly Instagram. Cause I'm following this one site where you were talking about in the, in the workshop or not in the, in the, in the course where find like 
articles and stuff where you can find so there's this uh this one instagram feed called hollywood unlocked which is basically like the national Enquirer for the digital media now you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. there's always these funny these headlines where you like you're right jerry like sometimes these headlines write themselves and you don't really have to be cute you just have to just link it up and then bam and people are like they're impressed even jay she's all like yeah teddy you're doing really good with the headlines so you know that's always good positivity. People are liking it. People are sharing. So doing more shows, producing my own show, submitting for um, whatchamacallit, the, the, for late night comedy, and then um, getting, doing like what you were talking about of the couple episodes before, maybe it was last episode about like putting more value into my content that I'm putting out on YouTube and everything. So working on that too. Uh, and the one one other goal is two other goals should be on the on the table. One, getting to that solid thirty minutes, mm-hmm. so that you can start featuring, right, and getting paid for mm-hmm. that. Uh, doing those like the one nighters and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then the other one would be like, is once you hit that solid thirty, you got that solid thirty, then you could, you know, you could start getting out there and doing those gigs and getting getting some money, getting yeah. a scratch from that. And then the other thing was focusing on the three to four and a half minute. What does that four and a half minute Tonight Show set look like? Ah, uh, God. We talked about this <laughs> last time, didn't we? Talked about it, like Matt Reif. Um, had submitted yeah. for the Tonight Show to do uh, to do stand-up. no, we didn't we didn't talk we talked about that via text and then you oh, talked yeah. about it in the workshop but we didn't talk about yeah it on yeah but it was, we should talk what mm-hmm. was interesting it was he was on the Tonight Show with Fallon right and he was on the Tonight Show Jimmy Fallon in November and he was pitching his Netflix special mm-hmm. what I found hyper interesting is that the dude didn't do any stand-up really. Normally, you got the ladies and gentlemen, this guy's got a Netflix special coming on right now. We're going to have him. Uh, please welcome the comedian Matt Reif. Right. Comes on. Da, 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 da. Hey, thank you so much. You know, it's like, so I punched a chick, got punched in the face because she couldn't cook. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have that black eye if she could cook. Yeah, that's a great opening joke for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Well, he All didn't right, do bud. that. He And then do he do like four and a half minutes and mm-hmm. then sit down, do like three minutes of pain. Panel, mm-hmm. right so a total seven minute segment but he didn't do that he just came out to panel so that said to me this was booked by a you know PR representative who has a relationship with the tonight show to do promo for the show so for the for the Netflix special so we probably did a bunch of you know morning promo just some morning um, news shows and things like that and pitched that way but didn't do stand-up on The Tonight Show. Why? He submitted twice before, was passed on by the talent coordinator because he wasn't good enough for The Tonight Show. Wow. And that's why he didn't do stand-up. And you notice, I don't know if you ever watch, if you watch that segment. No, I haven't. Um, but he sits there and he doesn't do an ounce of jokes. He just talks about his, you know, his kind of like his his history, his um, autobiography, his mini bio. He didn't about, even yeah, make doing any this 11 funny years. I was going to quit. And then um, I had a the video go viral on TikTok. Didn't even talk about the video that went viral. Didn't show the clip. What? So that says to me, because if I was PR, I'd go, we got a couple of clips to show. Yeah. Didn't show the clip of the the, the, the video that went viral on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um they didn't show any of that. They just stayed with him. But yeah, I was about to quit. And um, 
And then I didn't quit. I had a video go viral, 40 million views. And then a bunch of other people watched my other videos, started following. And that's what made me popular on TikTok, developed this fan base. And that changed my whole game. And then next thing you know, I'm doing a Netflix special and I sold. And then you see Jimmy jumped, jumped to another thing. He says, yeah, so you would 48 hours, you, you 48 hours after you post your, your, uh, this, uh, the tour dates, you sold 600,000 tickets. He's like, yeah, isn't that wild? So going from quitting to selling 600,000 tickets yeah. on, on TikTok, on, you know, for his tour dates. So, <laughs> but not an appearance and doing stand-up. That's because wild. even af- even then, the talent coordinator was like, no, he's not good enough to be on The Tonight Show doing stand-up. You know, they put fucking Madonna up there doing stand-up. And yeah, look it up. You'll see Madonna really? up on the Tonight Show. <laughs> and she doesn't do well because <laughs> she thinks, you know, being a singer, you can be that front woman. I'm all that. Look at me. I'm sexy, beautiful, hot, the best. Uh, that's what a singer does. That's what a rock star does. Uh-huh. It's in your face. I'm, I'm the front person. As a comedian, that shit doesn't play. Was this during her, uh, when she did that movie, Suddenly Calling Susan? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Her little comedian comedy movie phase. I remember that movie. Suddenly, Susan. Yeah, they were trying to put her in acting. Mm -hmm. But um, I uh, so anyway, so the point is that they didn't let him do stand up. Now, here's what's in the interesting irony. He does this. He does this um, thing on Netflix, get some blowback on it by a bunch of people on TikTok. Yeah, a bunch of sexist, misogynistic, domestic mm. violence, punching down to women. Um, um, you know, and uh, he never apologized, right? No, he, he went, went on Jordan Peterson. He said he wouldn't apologize. <laughs> well, guess who won't let you back, ever let you right now for the legs for the foreseeable future who won't who won't let you on the tonight show doing stand-up is uh is the talent coordinator because you didn't apologize uh, same thing happened to norm mcdonald yeah, it's like that? he refused to apologize so they wouldn't let him do a stand-up spot they had to cancel him and he was like jimmy had to call him personally and say yeah we can't let you on man because you won't apologize he said well i'll apologize but i'll do it at the end of the segment no you have to do it at the beginning of the segment no nope. apologize for the oj thing for something i forget uh, what it was i was like man but, they're still holding on to that oj shit. but they're still holding on to <laughs> but that's what the tonight show does man it's uh, very pc so um they would that but that's the thing with matt rife nobody really is talking about that the fact that he actually did a spot on there but was not allowed to do any comedy yeah. not allowed otherwise you know <laughs> you would be you're doing panel you'd be you getting jimmy be cueing you to do yeah. some jokes and you'd be doing your jokes but there was no so not even any like witty banter back and forth. You know how like even like Norm no. would do like the witty banter and everything. No Nothing. witty banter. Damn. No witty banter. No Maybe joke. he was getting ready for his interview with Jordan Peterson. <laughs> Maybe, man. That was it. So it was just to me, it just seemed really uncanny that, yeah. you know, you got the stand up. You got a stand up comedian promoting his stand up special on Netflix and the Tonight Show is like, but you can't do stand up on our show. That's, That's super wild. irony right there. That is. <laughs> Speaking of comedians and hot water, yeah, I was gonna not say, really man. hot water. We're just talking about Bill Burr, right? So I post uh. this little short on how Bill Burr uses controversy mm-hmm. to create a hook, yeah. right? And get people super curious. And then he basically un- 
peels back that onion and unpacks what he's talking about. But he usually starts with something controversial, says yeah. something. People go, what the fuck? And then he gets them paying attention and he you know, sort of unpacks it. Yeah, it's a great little technique, storytelling technique. How how can you create a hook? One great way is something shocking, something um, something uh, maybe a, something a bit a little bit controversial. Right. So I post that, and and it's just a quick short, and it's talking about how he talked about you know Oprah had somebody on the show said why did you do this, and she and she goes, and she knows why he did it. You know, he's he's like she when she first started she had midgets. Yeah. <laughs> and he does this whole thing. Midgets humping other midgets. And uh so that's what she did because she wasn't in control. Now she's in control and she does it what she does what she does. But she knows why. But so anyway, that's one of the things he's you know talking about Oprah. Uh-huh. Uh so I and so anyway, the, the the gist of the the short was Bill Burr does controversial things to create a hook. Um, that's one of the way he the ways he writes. Here's something is a suggestion. Comedians want to get that audience to pay attention. Starts with some controversy, get them go, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Then you can unpack it in front of them. But you got to have chops to be able to do that. Right. Because um, it's like, you know, my my the people I toured with used to say, man, you love to dig yourself a hole and then dig out of it. It's like, yeah, that's what the fun is, right? Right. So here's something that's challenging. If you don't like it, there's a fucking door sort of thing. And then they see, and then you're rationalizing the whole thing. Like I'm now talking about this newest thing I'm talking about is I decided, you know what? I'm going to do something on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Right. Everybody's like, what? So my, here's my angle. Here's my angle. My angle is, if anything... This is a commercial for atheism. <laughs> so that's the angle, right? And so no, I'm going to basically facts, say dude. that. It's like, it's like these people, I, I was born in 63. When I was four, 1967, there was a six-day war with the Arabs, right? It lasted six days, but it didn't. Because I'm 60 now, and they're still it's fucking still fighting. fighting. You know, it's never going to work. And it's all religious based. It's like our Messiah is better than your Messiah. My mother punched your mother right in the nose. What color was her blood? (laughs) That sort of thing. It's like and then then and but the my the sad part for me is people are fucking dying. Mm -hmm. Kids and too many, you know, Mm -hmm. women, children, men, boys. It's like they're dying because of a fucking religion that's supposed to be about unification and bringing people together. Yeah. You know, and going to the happy place and inheriting the kingdom of heaven or whatever, because we love each other. No, we're going to kill each other until there's nobody fucking left. And it's ironic that they're treating the the Palestinians the way they are. It's ironic that what's happening is happening, considering what's happened to the Jews in their past. What? But I'm sorry that Koda was attacking you. When did you get home? What did he do to you? He was stomping on my head. He was scratching me. So, are you okay? No. So, what happened? Like, what was going on? I stopped playing a game with him. Koda, are you coming in the room now? 
So, oh my God, you two. So you guys got to separate each other then. So someone goes, go like go into your room or something. Like, I don't know. I was in the living room. Okay, well, who was in the living room first? Coda, right? So He went outside. Okay. Coda. Coda. Kaiser, come here. Come here. Come over here. Coda, please come here, bud. Why do you have to scream at him, man? Like all that is okay. Don't mess with the background. Just chill out. You don't have to do all that. I'm trying to record the podcast right now. So all dude, stop. Like, see, see, see. No, no, don't attack him. You started it because you tried to kick him when he was walking by. No, no, I saw it. I saw it with my own four eyes. I'm not I'm not talking about the living. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the living room right now. I'm talking about what just happened right now. I'm talking about what just happened right now. Kaiju was trying to walk by. You moved your leg so it would touch him. And then you guys started doing the thing. That's not cool, dude. You can be better. Like I've told you before, you can control you. Remove yourself from the situation. Quit yelling at him. Quit attacking him. Do you want to be off the stuff? No. Then act like you got some sense. But don't really, dude. Really, really. Look at me. You get for hitting me once. Oh my goodness gracious, dude! Get off of that. Go back in the room, please. No more fighting. I'm trying to record the podcast. Go. Bye. Did you just eat a soup? <laughs> How are you still hungry? You didn't eat the soup. Don't tell me you didn't eat the soup. You're going to be in big trouble if you didn't eat the soup. What? Okay, then go eat a snack or something, dude. There's fruit in the... Then, ah, bud, you, there's no good food to eat. Then you're going to have to wait till I'm done recording the pot. Bro, there's a... Do you want a bar? You want one of those fig bars again? Can you like I don't understand? All right, so listen to me because you're really starting to frustrate. You're frustrating me. Dad, don't yell at me. I was getting your attention. No, I'm I'm listening, but I'm talking to you. I told you, dude, there's a hierarchy to this. When I'm talking, you listen. So you need to chill out because you're about to get it to where I'm going to be like, get off my Xbox. So you want that to happen? No. Okay, so I'm recording the podcast. You can go find yourself something to eat. But Dad, uh, I need to know what is to eat. There's cinnamon checks. I want to know what food there is. There's the same food that's been in this house, dude. I said fruit. The fruit, there's a pear, there's apples, there's those little tangerine oranges, there's persimmons, like there's fruit. Cut me a pear. Oh my goodness gracious, dude! Just eat the pear. I need you to cut it. Why are you doing this? I swear, bro. <laughs> I'll be back, Jerry. I got it. Yeah. yeah, right. Oh man, dude. <laughs> exactly. That was wild. It was all. It all happened in like a. It all oh happened in like a, a storm. <laughs> a storm front came in. They were oh, like, ah. oh man. 
I gotta say though, I've I, I've gotten better. I've gotten better because the old me would have been like rah, 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 rah. yelling, and now you're not. Yeah, not totally yelling. Patience, man. I got, nice. I got it, man. You've taught me well, Doc. You taught me well. And that's it. You talk to them a little bit. They, at, at first, they're gonna kind of maybe. You know, you get into sort of negotiation thing a little bit with them, but eventually they realize it's like what I used to do is like say it once, take action. Um, so they realized they had a short leash of here's the negotiation. I want you to do this. Nope. All right. You're going over here now. But, you know, it's harder when you're in the middle of doing a podcast. Yes. Because it's like you're trying to juggle the two And I swear they once. wait, they wait until it's like that time for it to happen. But yeah, the, because what I want to like, do, oh, go ahead, what do you say? Dad's in there. How do we get his attention? <laughs> ah, ah. I want to learn that monologue from Fences with, um, that's what it's called with Denzel Washington. Yeah, Fences. Yes, well, originally it was James Earl Jones on Broadway. I see that. Uh, that was, wow, that was powerful. That monologue. I want to. I need to learn that so I can say this to my boys because man, dude, that's some powerful stuff. But yeah. it's funny though. You can't. Well, I sit there and say this. You probably can still get away with it. But kids these days and parents these days and just the way people are these days, they think you're trying. That's like abusive talk to your kid. Right. Exactly. Oh, you know. <laughs> Words. Words have power. They have so much power now. It used to not. Like I got this. We'll get back to the birthday. But I got this. I'm work. I'm workshopping this. I'm not. We might already. I might already said this on the podcast before. But about like how we got the left and then you got the right, right? But how we're letting like the extreme parts of the left and the extreme parts of the right kind of run everything. And what's ever happened to like the the the, the middle ground, you know what I'm saying? Like you got the right, what they're doing is they want to rewrite history. They want to ban books. Um, you got the left where they want to like make an even playing field, but little do they know making an even playing field messes up the ecosystem. And that's why you have what we have now where, and this is all satire and joking around, but like with the bullying, where now there's, there's no bullies, kids just think they can do all these crazy things now. And you got kids shooting up schools, you got kids dressing all funky wild, you got <laughs> people just thinking they can do whatever they want. And there's a hierarchy to certain things and you just can't go up to here. There's levels and you gotta work your way up. There was, oh my God, someone was talking about this. It was a comic, I think it was Patrice. He said it was a, um, you gotta, there's a, there's a A to Z in life, right? And you gotta A, B, C your way all the way through life. You just can't go from A and then jump all the way to T. You gotta go through all the letters so you know what happens when, when shit happens and you have to go back a couple of letters, you know how to get yourself back up to all those other letters, you know what I'm saying? And then mm -hmm. you got death. and. Uh, nowadays we've gotten away from the levels everybody's just like yo i just you know you know I, I kind of i kind of like uh, like the analogy of um it's like a recipe mm -hmm. for pizza yeah it's like n not every piece of that recipe has equal footing like the number one Facts. thing in in a pizza is the dough right you gotta have the dough but the dough is made up mostly of flour. Yeah, can't have you know, cauliflower. Water, all water. You got to have that right mixture, and every ingredient plays a certain role. If they all played equal roles, you don't have pizza. So you is have, New York water really like the prime for the pizza? Yeah, there's something. And what's in the so water, special man? about New something York water? water. 
It, uh, it comes from the Hudson River and all those flavors in there of, you know, of the dead bodies, dead bodies, um, sneakers, tires, all of that Cement. stuff adds this flavor to uh, mercury poisoning. All that stuff adds a certain flavor to the water. Now, it's something about where the water comes from in New York through the, you know, I guess the, the, the mountains up there. And then it comes down into New York as a city water, something about it that gives it a certain thing. I'm not sure. We'll have to look that up. Um, <laughs> they used to try to, they used to have like pizza, pizza places that would truck in the water from New York, but that, come on, the logistics. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That, you gotta be charging a hundred dollars a pizza. <laughs> Ain't nobody afford to do that. Well, with inflation nowadays, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised. Holy shit. <laughs> Dude, we went to my kids. My kids had a holiday holiday thing on Friday, and it was $3.75 for some street tacos, which now that I think about it, typically like a street taco is like 99 cents a dollar. So, okay, that was a little bit much. But it was $20 for a burrito, bro. $20 for a burrito and their meat choices was just chicken and al pastor. It wasn't like they had like carne asada and shrimp, like $20 for a freaking burrito. I, yeah. I, I like to go to Granville, right? There's a restaurant Granville and um, in Pasadena, I'll go to this restaurant and I like the salmon. There's a salmon. It's on this bed of mashed potatoes with, with the, with some corn and it's just the flavor combinations really delicious. Uh -huh. And, um, and when I first ate it, the salmon was 20, four dollars 23 24 dollars and i remember this is just this is just last year right oh. when i had it or yeah about a year ago then i go and have it recently it's 34 dollars ten dollars like, what do you have where do you where do you how do you justify <laughs> raising you just there's got to be a guy over there Dude. just thinking uh, oh i thought of a new number Let's that's, do thirty-four dollars. That's that what I'm, sounds good, Jerry. My cynical brain is like doing this whole thing of like, I bet you there's companies because this is all the like there's it's the whole game of supply and demand. Like I was listening to a news report where they were talking about how inflation is supposed to be coming down, but yet still, um, fast food places are um ten or like thirty percent higher than what they were last year. Um, grocery stores are what thirty percent higher than what they were last year. Um, and guess what? All the places that are higher are all the places we were utilizing during the fucking the plague, right? Yeah, we were and supporting so the supporting the essential workers and the and essential workers and they us. turn around and fuck us. <laughs> but I'm thinking this like this whole thing of like, well, we'll just blame it on inflation. This and it's like, what the yeah. fuck? You can't yeah. it's <laughs> inflation doesn't that, work. The like mentality that. they have but that's the, the mentality you have is like it, the whole mentality uh, is they're in, hey, look, the consumers are in a buying mood around these holidays. So let's you know, let, get out there and put it, put your product out there and raise the prices because they're in a buying mood. Right. So they have all these algorithms and shit. And it's like one of the algorithms is like, you know, you have a goal for how many people you want to buy this particular product. And I'm like, um, like my son said, Dad, what's the target of how many people you want in a class? Mm -hmm. I said, usually about 13. He said, okay, now you get no, so uh, what you do is you raise the price until you get one less than the goal. And that's your price. That's basic. But he said that that's business 101. <laughs> you raise the price. I said, but I don't feel comfortable doing that Yeah. because I'm not here to, I feel like I'm jilting my customers. 
if I just base it on price, yeah, you know, and if like, well, that's how businesses run. That's how they do. That's why you see these prices go up. And until they stop buying, they keep the prices up. Hey, people Supply are still buying. Demand. Yeah, that's what and it's think. like what we don't understand is consumers. What most people do not understand in society, in our American society, which is driven by consumerism. Hell yes. Uh, 75 to 80 percent of the economy in this country is driven simply from consumerism, people buying shit. Yes. The consumers could be a collective group of people and said, said you know what? We're on strike. Yeah. We're no longer going to buy shit. We're going to make shit from home. I'm going to, you know, and somebody puts out recipes. Here's how you make pizza from scratch, right? You buy your flour, your your yeast, yep. your yep. water, your, your salt. You just you make that pizza dough. And here's a pizza stone you put in the oven. You're going to make yourself a really great pizza. And it's like, here you learn how to do that. Now you're no longer buying from these restaurants that have been turned around that we supported during the pandemic and turned and around. they're just fucking us. They, they were like, hey, we fucked them from the front. Let's fuck them from the back now. Yeah. So it's like, and that's what's going on. If we learn to get together in a collective and raise rose awareness and people just stop buying for three weeks. Remember during the pandemic, we're like, we can't do this for more than six weeks. The, the economy will, cla- will crash. Yeah, it's like, right? well, you shouldn't be hiring economists to figure out how to get through this. You should be hiring fucking actors. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know how to go without work for years, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, but... Um, in this case, I mean, it would. We can't get consumers to get together in a collective, no. and I think they know that. They so do. They got they, they, they got us by the. They they literally got us by the hoo-haws. They got yeah. us by the hoo-haws. Like you try, like I said before, I was talking to my friends before. It's like you try to leave Amazon. You'd be like, I don't want to use Amazon. I'm done with Amazon. But you can't because you watch TV on Amazon. If you got to go to Prime, if you're using Audible, you're doing Amazon. You're doing Kindle. You're doing Amazon. It's like the fuck man and like I, I i keep i keep talking about this and i'm gonna keep talking about this until i'm purple it doesn't make sense to me that in the 1920s we, we fucking had all these things with jp morgan and rockefeller and them doing everything with the electronic the electric electricity the the railroads and all that shit and they broke it all up because they knew it was gonna be bad but yet still we get all this stuff happening right now and the reason why is because of fucking Reagan, because he deregulated everything in the 80s. Like, it all stems back to the 80s, man. The 80s was a You're good year. Right. But it was a fucked up, it was a fuck up decade, too, because this, we are currently paying for the mistakes that we made in the fucking 80s. And the and, yeah, one of the and another one of the big ones is got rid of the whole me- mental health. Yeah, uh, we, so that all was of these mental hospitals, Nixon? state mental hospitals, shut down under Reagan. Oh, it was Reagan. And yeah. all of a sudden, now we got that's what that's where we saw the super increase in homelessness. Yeah, and it's like these poor people that can't function in a society had a place to go it and was paid for. And it was a mental hospital, you know, it was state hospitals, yeah. and then they got rid of those. Now we got state um, prisons. Now we got state prisons, right? More expensive. Way more. Right? But now it's like instead of taking care of people, you're punishing them. Because no, they we're can't getting take free slavery now. Right. <laughs> we're punishing them and giving getting free slavery. Yeah, man. It's um the other thing that, that they took apart, uh, and I think it was either during Reagan or Clinton, quite uh-huh. frankly, was the cross-ownership of media. Uh, they used to not allow. That was Reagan. Reagan? 
Yeah, because that's when that's when you couldn't own a newspaper, a print media, and an um, online or television media in the same region. Yep. So, but now they got rid of that. The other thing I think this was Clinton, where back in the day, remember when they ran editorials, they had to put that notice up there and say this is an editorial. Um, and doesn't reflect the opinions of the the network. Yeah, that's what people think. And do on I would speak, still. and it would be like that was, and it had to have that Chiron up there that said editorial. Mm-hmm. Now they got rid of that shit, and you have a company called Fox News that doesn't have sources. <laughs> it just spews a bunch of nonsense and <sighs> and and pure false facts. Um, they're not even. You shouldn't even put the uh, facts in there. You should just. <laughs> Hey, you gotta give you gotta give Fox News some credit when they deserve credit. I'm not sure if you saw the town hall meeting with Hannity and Trump, where Hannity was giving Trump the hand job. But basically, Trump started saying how the election was stolen from in 2020, and then the Fox News people cut back in and had to remind folks that no, the election was not stolen. Why did they do that, Teddy B? <laughs> because of the because of the lawsuit because that the they Dominion were fucking had. sued, and now they have the Smartmatic one coming at them with 2.1 billion dollars so you know they're 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 just covering their ass now it has nothing to do with integrity i know because, dude I did you love... see the gavin newsom uh ron DeSantis debate even in oh, clips he no. was the, the newsom was debating hannity and DeSantis. i mean you watch hannity come at him I was like, what the fuck? You're supposed to be the moderator, dude. And at the beginning, he says, I'm not going to be the hall monitor. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, so and I'm going to sit out of there. I'm going to let you guys debate this. But he purely didn't. He started debating, um, uh, you know, Governor Newsom because, Han- you know, DeSantis couldn't hold a candle. To the level of intelligence to that Newsom has, Mm -hmm. and he was getting shredded, and so Hannity had to step in there, and then DeSantis had to take a break, and he took a break, Ah! you know. And what did he do? He said I had to go take a leak, but he goes and he talks to his wife. They saw him in the hall, just and so the aides for Newsom were going, he's over there getting coached by his wife. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah. This is just a joke. Why they why they did it in the first place? But you know, Newsom should know better to go on Fox News and say, "Are you surprised that that's what Hannity did, dude?" Of course, he's going to do that. (laughs) And then Fox News held the footage, didn't release the full footage, and only released snippets that made DeSantis look good. Of course. Of course. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> ridiculous. That is wild, man. That is wild. But there are some people like Wallace. Now he's not on on Fox News anymore. And some people are, you know, they are they do call out Trump because of the lawsuit. So that's where we have to take it. But <laughs> there should be a law back in place that says if you say your news, you have to provide news because it does create a possible crisis. Just as if, you know, there's a law in place that says if you intentionally give a false weather report that is illegal if you intentionally said hey i've got this drink over here that can cure your disease you can go to jail for that but if you say you can say biden's a pedophile and nothing happens (laughs) right (laughs) drink this bleach (laughs) right drink bleach hey there's nothing wrong with the pandemic it's fine guys go to the bars enjoy yourselves like hannity did during the covid's gonna go away in april anyways and then he goes and he flies in his helicopter to his his house in, in, in East Hamptons oh, and Jesus. broadcasts the show from
from his basement because he's afraid to be in New York City. So intentionally putting out misinformation that probably cost lives. And then, um, but you know, there's no, we got to get back to those rules being in place. We're in a trauma economy, my man. We're in a trauma, like for some odd, strange, apparent reason, why I don't understand, but human beings, we are drawn to like, train wrecks and drama and controversy and it's stupid you know what i'm saying and the fact that they are playing us like a fucking fiddle the the the, um the the corporate media the politicians they're all playing us like fiddles and we just dancing along to it really noticing it now with the you know with the palestinian israeli conflict it's like they're really trying to shape the opinion of the war, you know, yeah. and it's like, and they're, you know, they don't put out the atrocities that the the Israeli army is cre- committing on the Palestinians. But there's also, you know, there's another layer to that is that the from the from the uh, river to the sea, uh, the whole uh, thing that the that the motto of the Palestinians isn't it about travel. <laughs> It's about destroying Israel and wiping them off the face of the earth. Yeah. So that's what that is. And so you can't have genocide on both sides. No. It's not going to work. You know, and when I remember working at the working at this limo company and it was it's owned by Israel people, the Israeli people, the nicest people, just, you know, just uh, they were they they started from scratch. They came out to the United States to get their daughter who had cancer, some um, treatment at UCLA and she didn't make it. But it was oh, like man. they stayed. So they but they stayed. And, uh, you know, the, the 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 husband basically started a limo company with one car and then built up to, you know, 15 cars. And they were, you know, they started to thrive. And I remember having a conversation with him and we were talking about, you know, the Muslims. And he said, and he goes, we should kill them all. We need to kill them all. I go, what? Are you fucking kidding me? You know, and he, he all of a sudden he looks at me. You know, he's my boss. I go, you're, you're them now. <laughs> you become them. That's destructive. You can't do that. It's like, you know, it's like your Messiah said, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. And now you want to go for eye for an eye. I guess that's Old Testament. And I'm not, that's why I'm not fucking religious, dude. (laughs) Because religion has done nothing but kill people. Yeah, especially Christianity has killed massive, massive people. Like, yeah. For all my Christians out there, I still love you. It's like, uh, it has. It's like, be honest with yourselves. Don't, you know, don't lie to yourselves about what your religion has done over the years. Don't sweep it under the rug like DeSantis and, and, and critical race theory. Right. You know? but yeah. Yeah. So we got to figure out something that, that this it's never we're never it won't be solved in my lifetime. Or my children's lifetime. No. People are going to fight each other and kill each other for uh, for the foreseeable future until the aliens come. No, that's probably what's going. That's probably what's going to happen. Or the, the asteroid hits us because there's supposed to be an asteroid that's supposed to be coming here in the next hundred years or some shit like. They've that. They've been saying that since I was born too. So it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like they're gonna send Trump out there. We're gonna nuke the asteroid. We'll nuke it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the I've seen the great documentary Armageddon, and we'll be able to take it on. <laughs> They've already done this. Have you guys seen it? Armageddon. <laughs> or maybe it was that uh, when Obama was president, uh, he kind of reminded me of Morgan Freeman, uh, Deep Impact. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, man. Oh, my God, dude. We are literally living fucking idiocracy. It's crazy. But what's cool is that being a comedian, I'm like, it's just my mind is just opened up to all this. And it's just like, man, Carlin was right. Like I was watching a YouTube video of Carlin back in 2005. And it was what Carlin was talking about, how um, uh, the government wants us dumb. They don't want us to be smart. They don't want us thinking for ourselves, because uh, if we did, we know what the fuck is going on. And here we are. This was in 2005. And pretty much everything that Carlin has said is happening. And we're just eating our cereal, just enjoying it. And it's stupid. Like, no one is rising. Like, no one's rising up. And it'd be like, well, Teddy, you rise up. I'm like, nah, man, I love my life. <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, it's, but he's right, man. He's right. It's oh, like, this is like, <sighs> this is how they, um, they control us, right? Yes. And we're we're not this country where they sell us the goods that we're free and um, you know liberty and all this stuff. That's all a mirage. Yes, and it's like because like I said, like we say freedom of religion, right? Freedom. My ass. No, the Mormons when the you know the sec the sect of the Mormons that favors polygamy. Right. Oh, well, you can practice your religion and in their religion, part of their faith is multiple wives, wives, just like in, in um, many culture uh, segments in Arab culture mm-hmm. have multiple wives. And it's like uh, in Sharia law, I believe. And it's like, but so the Mormons are like, well, you can have multiple wives. And they're like, ah, nope, that's where we draw the line. We're going to make a law. Ah. Wait a second. I thought you said freedom of religion. No, right. no, no. Except not. No. Oh, marriage is between one man and one woman. And they keep trying to now. Now we have gay marriage, yeah, so I think it's so time for the Mormons to, now right? to sue they, they, they for the right to be able to have multiple wives. Who's getting hurt? <laughs> and, and then you want so many, so many dudes start becoming Mormons. <laughs> and I love the idea, man. It's like think about it, think about it. Like you got, you got, you got the, you got the underwear, right? The special underwear that they wear, and it's like I'm assu- that's supposed to wear at all times, as I understand oh, it, at all times. So I'm shit. assuming if to procreate, there's got to be a hole, right? In the in the underwear and it's like and it's like if you got the hole in the underwear think about now all we got to do is get rid of that loophole that doesn't allow them to drink now if they have drinking crotches panties and multiple wives basically you got a fucking orgy and who doesn't want to swear into that take a vow to have an orgy for the rest of their life i'm in the mormon religion would skyrocket yeah that we have an mlm that basically favors orgies tell a friend I would join that fraction. <laughs> I was just uh, practicing writing some reverses. Um, of course, every day I'm practicing writing reverses. Like my girlfriend drinks a lot. The other day she's like, do you want a vodka or a bourbon? I said, how about we start with breakfast? <laughs> uh, so that was a, that was an t- attempt at a reverse. But I was also, uh, this one I just came up with, look, working from factoid app, mm-hmm. right? You have your factoid app? Are you working with a factoid app at all? Uh, I I need to go. I have that on my phone. I need to get back into it because now it stopped giving me the 
every once in a while, just like I look at facts yeah. and I just, this one came up and I said, um, so I built this joke from it. I said, it's often said that women have a higher pain tolerance than men, but consider this in December, 2013, a man survived in a sunken ship for nearly three days, 270 feet underwater in pitch darkness while listening to fish eat the corpses of his shipmates. And he never masturbated once. <laughs> That's willpower. <laughs> Women may be able to tolerate pain, but we have willpower. <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea, right? That a guy <laughs> stranded for three days wouldn't masturbate. <laughs> We're always thinking about it. <laughs> or you could say he only masturbated once. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got nothing else to do. I think I'll just rub one out. I got some time to kill. <laughs> right? So it's just a, just an idea. I've, it was more like sort of a, a, a Jeselnik type of reverse, yeah. right? Taking us down there. And the, uh, the other one I had was... Um, with uh, uh, the thing that always gets me is like De Niro. Do you hear about De Niro giving that speech? No, what happened? He's giving a speech for an award he won, uh-huh. and he had some shit to say about Trump. Oh, and the and oh, the future of the election and how we got to keep our heads up because this could lead to, to a person who says Dude. He <laughs> wants to be a dictator. Day one, though, just one day, just, just day, day one. one. He <laughs> said day uh, from day one at first, and then he backpedaled and just, said, "What I meant by that is one day, day. for one day." That's just like you saying just a tip, babe, just a tip, yeah, just a tip, <laughs> and I'll respect you in the morning. <laughs> I'll even buy you breakfast and I'll buy your Uber. <laughs> But you got these guys. So De Niro then basically said, uh, you know, I happen to have the speech on my phone. So he read it from his phone, even though he, they edited it when he they put up the teleprompter. They edited his own speech for this award that he won. Here's this guy with all this cred, mm. right? He's done all this work in Hollywood and now he's getting this award. And they edited his speech without telling him. Oh, and he was like, no, nah, I got it on my phone. I'm going to read it. And he reads it. So he gets out and goes viral on the Internet. And it's like all these people saying, oh, these elites, Hollywood elites, you know, Clooney and De Niro should stay out of politics. Hollywood elites, these fucking Hollywood elites. They're calling them Hollywood elites. And then they go back to basically swearing their allegiance to a billionaire. Or takes a shit on a golden toilet (laughs) in his penthouse in New York or his mansion in Mar-a-Lago. And yet De Niro and Clooney are somehow Hollywood elites. elites. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Oh, and the other one I I wrote was... uh, uh, So the other... uh, I have wrote a couple of them. One of them I wrote was, uh, my wife has become a sexual man. Oh, sorry. I uh, misstated that. My wife has become asexual. Man. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, the other one uh, is like, uh, I I think cats are reincarnated politicians. I mean, anytime they do shit, they're always covering it up. Uh, So it's like, um, and then the other one I had was, I have to admit, there are times when I make my girlfriend scream during sex. Like the other day during sex, she screamed, oh, my God, Jerry. When did you get home? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so, just a couple of exercises. So I have this document and I just call it reverse workouts. Yeah. And so every day I go to it and I'm like, all right, how? let me write a reverse. Let me write a reverse. One of them I came up with was 
what if we wrote a joke? You know, we talked about character, theme, setting, plot, conflict, right? right? So the two elements, we have character and setting, two most primary in a joke because those are the two most visual. Yeah. Right? Who's the who's in the in the scene we're talking about and where are we? Right. So sometimes we can combine those two as if we're doing an incongruity joke. And we say, I was um I was at Costco and uh, my girlfriend wanted to give me a hand job. Right. So um, then what if we take out the Costco part and said the other day my girlfriend started giving me the hand job and I said, babe, uh, could we wait till we're out of the Costco? So now you have, <laughs> right. Kind of have a reverse, but you could read, re rewrite it. Right. But that's one way to get to a place. It was like, uh, you know, you could say it was like I was masturbating on the bus. And they like, well, top 10, oh, top 10 things you shouldn't do on a bus. Right. And then right. you could like, and then you like drink or shoot up or, you know, jerk off or, you know, it's like I got uh, so I got kicked off the bus. I can no longer be on the bus now because they call me masturbating. You know, I was like, um, wow, well, shit, 30 years as a bus driver. And now what do I do? Right. So now you're <laughs> right, that you really driver. Yeah. So sort of like that. Yeah. So you build it and then you sort of take it apart by removing elements right and then save them for the end and the reveal rather than talking about them in the character so i've been doing the same thing and i've been doing i got mine little google doc of uh reverse workouts mine is uh mastering the reverse part do uh they say every child i'm not sure if some of these are reverses because you know i'm still learning but they say every child's laugh is a bundle of joy but at my house having three boys it's more like every child's laugh is a sign dad is losing the war at home so that's almost a mirrored phrase, mm. right? So do it as the mirrored phrase, right? So the, it's basically a cliche reformation, right? Which creates surprise, which kind of a reverse, right? Just as a three-way buildup has the same effect as a reverse, right? Because you have three, you create the pattern with two and then hit the third. Um, but in that one, emphasize the slogan or they say mm-hmm. right what is that what is that what is it what does they say they say, they say every, every child's laugh is a bundle of joy yeah until you have three boys then every t- child's la- laugh is just one you know one kick away from a, <laughs> a melee right or what like my kids my kids so what if we build up now we build the joke before and give it context uh-huh. so my the other day I, I noticed this with my kids right the little kid complains that he's being bullied but he totally instigates everything like the older son was walking by and then the little kid sticks his foot out just to sort of like nudge him or kick him a little bit just to just to niggle get in there it's like clink ha you know ha, you know and then i'll say ah, daddy he's punching me right you yep. started it i saw it right <laughs> so it's like so and then you go you know they say child's laughter is a, a how is that every go? they say every child's laugh is a bundle of joy every child's laugh is a bundle of joy until you have three boys then it's one kick away from being utter uh, utter chaos, chaos. So, you know <laughs> or said one kick away from being a street riot <laughs> so now they know because you gave them the context that and that kick like- now works as a callback and pe- people know why it makes so much sense yeah working with those those types of like uh cliche 
cliches, those idiomatic phrases, and then doing your own twist on it based on your experience. That's that's the nature of comedy. It's like, who are you? Why do you behave that way? Who are you? Why is your world interesting? Oh, shit. Kind of like my world because I have kids, too. It's so true. <laughs> All right. And then I got, uh, I don't know if this is, wait, let me see if I actually have one that's going to fall in a Oh, okay. I was excited to play board games with my kids because today is the day we play blackjack at my house, my rules, and the house always wins. Pay up, kiddos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's basically, I said, I you know, I call it blackjack, but I, I actually, I have another nickname for it. It's called recycled allowance. <laughs> I give them allowance and I say, hey, you're going to get your allowance so you can play blackjack. Now you can play blackjack with that. House rules. Pay up, kiddos. Uh, I always dreamed of reading bedtime stories to my kids. Little did I know reading to my kids. Reading, little did I know reading to my kids bedtime stories is a nightmare on my street. These kids never sleep when you want them to. Yeah. They never no, sleep. Never do, man. Never sleep when you want them to. <laughs> oh shit! I thought having kids would mean cute arts and craft time. So we'll think about this. No. Like you know, they say what we deal with sleep. So if we list the things in sleep, what do they say? Count sheep. Count right? sheep. Count yeah. sheep. My kids never sleep. It's like say, hey, count sheep. Sheep. Uh, my son is up to uh, six million twenty two hundred twenty two thousand two hundred twenty three thousand one one ninety two three four five. It keeps going. Yeah. So the number is really just like right. outrageous number. And one, and one hand, I didn't know my kid can count that high. On the other hand, it's like I'm not getting any sleep either. They say they say kids' birthday parties are a blast. They forget to mention they're only a blast when you're not the parent in charge of those birthday parties. <laughs> so they're only a blast, yeah, when you're not and you're not blasted. <laughs> you're not only a blast. You're not charged. You're not blasted. <laughs> I like that. I gotta add that one to it. <laughs> But let's get back to that Burr. So what happened with Burr? So Bill Burr, what happened was, so I post this video about Bill Burr. Mm. And, you know, it's gotten some it's gotten some traction. It's just a short. Right. And right, right now, um, I mean, it's not like we're not talking numbers that you would see. Like most of my numbers are like two point four thousand on my mm. shorts. Right. Yeah. In, in a matter of just a few days. And uh, this Bill Burr one's got six point eight. Right. Um, which is big for the shorts, uh, given my, uh, you know, just the following. It's just like six point is a pretty good number. Right. Anyway. And the comments, they're all. Yeah. He used to use controversy until he sold out. Huh? And so I responded to one of the guys because I saw three of them at, at the, around the same time. Uh, like they show up in the same, well, like three people saying he sold out. I go, what makes you feel that Bill Burr sold out? And he goes, it, I don't feel it. It's true. He sold out. First of all, you know right away you can't argue with this guy because he's taken an opinion. Uh-huh. And it's subjective, what yep. selling, even what selling out is. And it's like, you can't just say he sold out and say that your, you know, voice is the voice of every reason. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not even like that's not it's like that's not funny. That's not funny to you. <laughs> but 
but I got a whole room here that's laughing. That's laughing at it, right? And you don't think it's funny. So Facts. you don't know what a mandate is, fucker. <laughs> um, and so in this case, they're like, why did you sell out? And they keep and then a couple of them said, yeah, because he has to ask it now. He has to ask his wife. And I was like, oh, I see where this is coming from. If we didn't see that video where that at that UFC match where Bill Burr was there with his wife and then Trump walks in with his fucking entourage, uh-huh. you know, if Kid Rock is part of your entourage, you're basically saying, I represent double wide trailers. <laughs> and he's like, he's like <laughs> and, and meth addicts. If, they, if, this, if this guy was on a cover, if this guy was in an episode of Cops, the cops would be like, sir, step down from that milk crate. He'd be like, milk crate, shit, that's my porch. <laughs> um, whoops, dropped a tooth. But he uh, he doesn't, you know, so anyway, he walks in. And so Trump is up there kind of waving to the audience. Yeah, there, you know, some people are cheering, some people booing, but most people cheering. It's UFC. Come on. Yeah, come on. Right. Um, and Burr is there with his wife and his wife's got the double bird. Mm-hmm. Right down. So this video got out uh, and we see this and people got all upset about it because like uh, these snowflakes evidently can't handle a woman giving Trump the double bird. Seriously, right? man, they, it's so double standard. That's where they're. That's now why they're getting on Burr's case is because they, you know, Burr's wife basically flipped off the president, and then they're saying, "Oh, he's got to go to ask his wife if, for, for for permission." No, he doesn't. So how is that selling out? Like, have we lost the term? Have we lost the term of selling out? Like, goddamn the right man! They're always taking things and twisting it. Yeah, <laughs> they like take, selling out. They twisted woke. They're twisting selling out. <laughs> and so I did a blog post basically, and the blog post was, Fuck. "Look, when you that's it's not called selling out. It's called evolution. Yes. If you evolve as a human being, and now you have a wife and children, and your comedy is now reflecting that." reality and you're being authentic with that and true to it and talking about the complications and the and the fears and the misunderstandings and the you know it's like fucking trying to navigate this shit this new experience in my life that's not selling out that's being authentic to what has changed in your life what is what what is true is a troll sits under a bridge never changes and just yells at the people crossing that bridge Uh, burr has crossed a bridge and you're still sitting under it, you yes, fucking troll. And it's like, that's what they're doing. And they they can't see that, you know. And worse, you're a snowflake troll. Yeah. Because you're and, whining about the fact that his wife flipped off the president, which was fucking badass, or the former president, and which was badass because she was able to express herself. And what a great relationship that is. Bill Burr could have said, honey, don't do anything like that. Don't. I don't want to mess my, up my image. I don't yeah. want to mess up my image. No, he says, you do you, babe. Exactly. And she does her. And he's like, no. And he gets her back. That's a fucking man right mm-hmm. there. Not these fucking cowards that would be who probably try to control their wives. Ugh. You know, and so that's what I see. And it's like, and, and you know me, I have criticism for Bill Burr on lots of lots of different things. But at the same time, I'm a big fan of his work ethic. How, you know, to watch his watch him just excel and uh, be successful and his his delivery and his emotional commitment to the material and how he takes these ideas, makes them funny. Mm-hmm. While he's still like 
expressing himself so you don't he hides the structure in there and it's like so you don't see that uh, the one and two liner comic that he was the first five to seven years of his career because now he's found a way to tell stories and be mm-hmm. cathartic with it so but at the same time this and i noticed this with bill burr when he did a podcast and he lost the sponsor. The sponsor was Sherry's Berries. Yeah. I and he's yeah. like, you know, and he lost Sherry's Berries because he had a comedian on the podcast and the comedian was black. Right. And he makes a joke about Sherry's Berries with chocolate covered strawberries. And he said something about the KKK. <laughs> and while he's reading the copy of Sherry's Berries. And my thing was, he didn't understand why Sherry Berries decided not to sponsor anymore. I said, maybe, Bill, because you took their copy and tainted it with something that could be considered racially tinged. And then they can clip it, and then, yep. The middle of their their copy, that's their commercial. You're representing their product at that moment. It's not, you can be humorous still. That's why they like to do have copy read on podcasts. So it sounds natural. It doesn't sound like a commercial. But you got to understand that you're in their space right now. So you have to be respectful of that, what you say. But the fact is, his wife comes in to the room and he goes, oh, look, look who's here. And he goes, yeah, you know, Sherry's Berries dropped us, uh, decided not to sponsor Bill Burr. He goes, I don't know why. He goes, oh, maybe because Bill Burr always has to be so edgy, right? He goes, why did I marry you? And she goes, what? She goes, he goes, no, why did I marry you? You're always coming in here emasculating me, right? It's like, now the thing is, that's not live. No. That's recorded. He could have easily gone in there and edited that section out. Nobody would have known anything that happened there. But no, he puts it out there to show the world that, that despite real, the yo. fact that he's Bill Burr and he's at the top of the game right now doing his podcast, but he's real. He has he has the same disagreements or uh, you know uh, interactions with a wife that everybody else does, and he keeps it on the real. Yeah. And it's like to me. And when I say keep it on the real, I mean to keep it on the real, like 100% real. Yeah, and keep it's it my 100. Real, my audio real. <laughs> Play on words like it. <laughs> so in this case, he's like, he, 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 he didn't win that argument with his wife. And that's okay. Uh. Right? And so that to me is a man. Uh. Not a guy who covers the shit up and tries to only frame it where he wins everything. That is a coward. Like Trump. Yeah. Yeah, and man. these guys are up there making these comments. I noticed every single one of them had some um, n- handle, which was XV21357. Yeah, and then you go open, you go to like their actual like thing to see what they do. Like I had this one dude, right? I posted one of my, I did a, I did a clip of one of my uh, Zoom standups, and it was me talking about. Um, how the you got a tip and there's tips everywhere it was so invasive i was at the grocery store and they asked me for a tip and this is the self-checkout right and that was that was the joke that i clicked <laughs> and some fucker everyone else is like giving me like oh yeah you know you, they're telling me like how to like avoid tipping because they think i'm being serious about it or whatever but then one dude chimes in and he's all like oh i just love just love seeing when someone's stealing somebody's material and i'm like stealing somebody's material like bro i wrote this joke and i know that burr has a joke where he talks about working the the thing but his yeah but his isn't about tipping 
right? So I'm like, right. I, I feel like I'm valued. That's a funny tip. That's a funny that's, tipping joke. Right. Like even tipping at the grocery store asking for it. And this is at the self checkout. Yeah. Not it's, stealing material, dude. Not, dude, it's no. not. No. So, but I'm very Bird proud. Bird doesn't myself. own the premise of self checkout. Yeah. But I'm proud of myself because of the fact that I didn't go wild and I was like, oh, no, no, no. I did, however, Google just to be sure what That's is That's a very sub- solid reverse, by the way. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And I, uh, I typed in um, self checkout joke, right? And I guess some dude did a YouTube sh- or he did an IG reel where his is more like visual where he's talking about all that shit. And this was a little bit funnier because he actually has like the videos that it shows like the the teller or like the self-checkout machine going on a, a honeymoon and that's why it's asking for the tips and all that shit. So I'm like, okay, whatever. But again, my joke was original. I didn't steal it. I go to the fucker's page just to see what this dude's all about. He has one fucking video and it's about a car. And I'm like, bro, who the fuck are you to come and tell me about how I do comedy? <laughs> right. It's like they're trolls. That's what they do. Is they sand. sit there and they, they watch things. And he's probably watching to get um, some, uh, you know, and he may, he may look at all his other comments. If we had a way to efficiently take this guy and look at all the comments he's yeah. left. And he probably does that to a lot of different people. Uh. And it's like, and who's to say who came up with that joke first? 30 years ago, I wrote a joke and it was like, I ran into my ex in the parking lot at Ralph's, fucked up the front end of my car. (laughs) Then 10 years later, and then I gave that joke to somebody to do it. And then that gal was doing that joke. And it was like, um, and I hadn't done the joke a lot. And so then after that, that joke becomes a meme. Yeah. And it shows up and people start sending me memes of this joke. And this is like, I've seen this happen a lot of times, a joke I've done. And it's, a, it's just a solid, tight joke. And all of a sudden it becomes a meme and somebody's memeing it. This also happened to me way back in the day. There was a, there was a trend where you would go in Houston, um, playing the comedy club in Houston. They warned us that, hey, you know, be careful. Uh, sometimes they, we've got members of the Houston Astros uh, that come and watch comedy. And then later on that night, after a game, they're being interviewed they drop in a couple of the jokes they just heard at the club the night before. <laughs> what the fuck? And it was like, uh-uh, oh, bitch. You do that to me, I'm going to call you out, right? And it's like, I'll sue you for intellectual property theft, right? So it's like, because that's important. Yo, speaking of this. To, to be able to protect your work. Yeah, so check this out. I know you, you probably still haven't got that book yet, right? The a comedy book, the how, how comedy has created, or how comedy has changed culture and the way and where it got the magic from. Did you get that book? No, I didn't. I got the one uh, cracking up American humor in a yeah, time yeah, yeah, of yeah, conflict. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, but the, that was the, the this one is the one that I sent you the audible about. It was like a couple oh, weeks right. ago. You even said on the last episode you were gonna get it's right here. Comedy book, to me, Jerry. You lied to like, me. Comedy anyways, book, and I have it right here. It's like I think okay, what happened is my kids entered. I, I got you. after. I got you. Don't let me lose this train of thought. I can't lose this okay, train of thought. Keep it. Okay, he was talking about. Oh God damn it! God, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. We're, oh, um, you, what what were you just talking about? It was the God. Houston Astros stealing material. Oh, stealing meme. jokes. Okay, so this is in the in the book. He talks about there's a chapter where um, I forget the name of the chapter, but the premise of it all is that with with art, right? The way art is with pictures with artists before the camera before the pho- photograph was in- introduced. Artists had to like do family portraits and all this shit, right? And then once the photograph became introduced, 
artists were more free to work on better arts and do all that shit, right? So in the book, he talks about how with comedy and the internet, basically the internet is the uh, uh, is the same thing to what the photograph was to comedians right because before we would be the the joke tellers of everything and then that's how people would come and get our jokes same thing with milton burroughs same thing with the astros right but now with the internet people can just go to the internet and find jokes where more of the comedians are free to do more what they're doing now with like the stories and more act outs and more where it's not so funny funny or not Set so up one punch. and two liners. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And, Which uh, reads better on the internet in mm-hmm. quotes than uh, stories do. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. can go deeper. That's a really cool uh, assessment. I'm telling you, bro, you're gonna love this fucking book, man. It is. It's a awesome, awesome, I'm awesome get book. The book. Who he does? Talks, who's, who's, it's uh, who's the Jason. Author? The author is Jason David Fox, and no, he's not related to Michael. I checked, but um, he's it's it's great. And like I said before. He's a he's a writer for Vulture. He actually does um he writes about comedians and he's the one that has that podcast. Uh it's just a joke where comedians come on and they take a joke, they dissect the joke, they, and then the comedian talks about how the joke came, how the joke came to life. They do the whole dissecting because it's freaking cool to dissect a joke. And it's and everybody who, if you go on to Audible and you look at the reviews, everybody, and even me included, is like, this is a book for comedy nerds like if you're a comedy nerd and you love comedy and you want to know like the ins and outs and like the history and all that shit it's dope he even talks about that one book that i have called on the real side by mel uh mel watts and it was the it's all about black history like uh blacks in comedy and then in america and how we came from fucking the menstrual shows and and blackface and amos and andy on the fucking radio and all that and i was like bro this it is, it's cool. And then like me, like I said, I'm a nerd. Like I even got some more books. I got uh, this book. I saw this one. I was Googling something. It's called How to Be a Comic, Mastering Comedy by Mastering Yourself. And in this one, he talks about there's comedian and then there's a comic, right? And I guess from his view, a comedian is like what everyone's doing on uh, TikTok, YouTube, um, doing all these videos and sketches. And what a comic is, is someone who's actually on stage. How do you feel about that, Doc? Well, I, I, you know, the we used to say that a comic, the difference between a comedian and a comic would be a comedian um, is some a, a comic is somebody who runs across the football field naked. Yeah. The comedian was the one who told him to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of like how I see it, you know? So it's like the more thoughtful delivery. But I, you know, so he says a comic is somebody who's on stage. He says a comic is someone who's on stage and a comedian is someone who does the, like the, that's like what's going on now on TikTok, YouTube, where I, I see it as the inverse. I see it as a comedian is someone who's going on stage, doing the freaking thing, um, doing nightclubs, doing bars, getting heckled and all that shit. And a comic is someone that's going up on YouTube and putting videos out, doing funny stuff, um, doing pranks. Those are comics. And a comedian is like, Bill Burr, 
a comic is jackass. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah, how I look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. You know, in a way, it's like in, in technically a lot of me is like, uh, you know, I think it's semantics now. That is, it's like pretty much now. because if you look at the, you know, if you look up comedian, you'll see, you know, Lucille Ball is listed as a comedian. Uh, uh, Carol Burnett is listed as a comedian. She does sketches. Yeah. You know, Tim Conway uh, listed as a comedian. That sort of thing. And these guys are funny actors. And it's not. I wouldn't necessarily say comedian per se. But um, that that category is still they still listed a comedic actor, you mm-hmm. know. So I think eventually, since comedy is still such an unexplored um, medium, yeah. uh, it's the most unexplored art form of all our creative arts. Maybe they'll eventually they'll come up with terminology uh, that matches. Like you know, you have actor, actress, and, and now they're just called actors, both because it's uh, you know you don't separate for gender. So I ordered the hot, hardback of that book just now. Oh yeah, you're um, gonna like it too because he actually has a because you're all about um oh my god why am i having a brain fart uh she did the special uh hannah gatsby and he talks about um the evolution of comedy and how the you can do comedy without laughs because he talks about hannah gatsby's nanette that one was all about where it really wasn't about laughs and it was all about um it was laughs at the beginning but then the way the comedy works for this one is that it's taking away the last, but it's doing this callback. And that was like the beauty of it. I'm telling you, Jay, you're going to love the book. What's up, bud? Um, are you almost done with your podcast? Yes, we are almost done with the podcast. What's up? Um, <laughs> when I was playing toilet tower defense, it causes playing toilet tower defense. Okay, so what? You guys can't play the game together? Yeah, Kaiser can't even play because mom said we can't play a game on Roblox with party walls. Okay, then you can't play the party game. That's dumb. Dude, this is this is recorded, so you need to be careful right now, kid. <laughs> okay, okay, I get it. All right, just chill. What mom said is that's what mom said. God, you guys find a different game to play. Yeah, those those segments will have to be edited out because <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I do. You know, you it. see a kid. You know how old? How old is uh, the, he? Code is five. Code is five. Yeah. You, you show a five-year-old kid shirtless coming into <laughs> a podcast, <laughs> right? We're gonna like, have issues. What is this guy doing? What is he doing? <laughs> He'll be like, "What the hell's going on over there at the?" Um, What's going on the, at the best house? Contrast con- comedy. <laughs> oh, and then I got this other book by Adam Bloom. This dude is um is British, and it's awesome how I can tell when people are British now was when you see how they spell favorite. <laughs> right. There's a U in favorite. I'm like, oh, there's a U in favorite. This is a UK book, but uh, this is finding your your gene, your finding your comic genius, an in-depth guide to the art of stand-up comedy. So that's another nice. book that I'm gonna be reading too, and it's good to get the Brits um the, their take on it oh and here's an interesting fact I need to find a way to make a joke for the longest time uh our words were English words were the same until M- Miriam Webster decided to come out with the dictionary and when Miriam decided to come out with the dictionary they split <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we have labor and not labor, and why we have favorite and not fa- fa- favorite, or however you pronounce it over there in the English part. Favorite. Favorite. <laughs> 
And that's why Jaguar is Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> and they say Petro and we say gas. <laughs> right. What? And they say, oh my God. And they say under the bonnet and we say under the hood. <laughs> or something like that. Right? Yeah, man. But cool. Uh, I got to take care of these wild and Let's do it. Uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, man. Uh, good times. Good talking. Uh, you enjoy your five-week uh, intensive next week. Five-day intensive. Five, oh, five days. Yeah, not five Thankfully, five-week. <laughs> being on the road, performing oh, five hours a day. Kids would be like, Dad, why are you never coming out of the den? I got a five-week intensive, kids. I got five-week <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the middle of a five-week intensive. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. All right, well, we'll be doing this again. Same bat time, same bat channel. Well, I don't know. We're just kind of random. We're actually recording this on a Sunday. Typically, we do this on Friday, but shit happens. Um, so tune in next time. I'll be putting this episode up. Uh, peace out, everybody. Bye. Peace out. <laughs>